Hello, you're listening to Dez of Dez 360 Wisdom and Wit for Women, where I bring you solutions to life's problems. Today, we'll be discussing fatherhood. Now, this is a big topic, and this will be the first of many conversations that we'll have around fatherhood. But today, I just want to take some time and present to you what I found in research regarding fatherhood. Now, when I initially decided I wanted to have this conversation with you all, I was wondering if I wanted to present it from a mother's perspective um, or if I wanted to present it from the research perspective. And so, lo and behold, I decided to start with research first because I know there'll be other conversations I'll have regarding fatherhood. Um, and I'll actually have some guests coming on to discuss fatherhood and what it means to them as a father and as a male figure in a child's life. So here we go. So fathers are important to a child's development. Now I know we know that because we talk about (laughs) how children are conceived. Obviously you need both a male and female presence in order to conceive. Well, let me, let me stop right there because I know some of you are like, well, I don't need a man. I can just go to a donor clinic or whatever. And that's true. You need sperm and an egg, which comes from a male and a female. So let's just get that, get past that. So we're not stuck on male and female or having to be with a male or female because we know science and technology has advanced us to the point of almost you just need someone to carry the baby at this point and um, you could just have uh, a sperm donor, if you will. But um, believe it or not, uh, there is extensive research on motherhood, but there is not much research or not as much research on fatherhood. And so it is an emerging field of research which is crazy to believe. I would think that there would be just as much research on fatherhood as there is motherhood. But in the research, it shows that there is a correlation between a fatherly presence and lack of aggression in children. Um, And what they're calling all of this emerging research on fatherhood is the father effect. And it basically just shows the benefits of a paternal presence in the life of a child and the effects thereof. So I have a couple of takeaways that I wanna share with you that stood out to me. And I'll put the link to the article um, in the information section on the, on this podcast so you'll be able to read the full and complete article and also see where the research was done and kind of form your own opinion based upon what you read yourself. So these are my takeaways. Um, for fathers, quality time is um, more important than the um, quantity of time. So it doesn't matter if you feel like you've been with your child all day long or whatever the case may be, say, you know, you're at a uh, co-parenting situation and you go over to mom's house or you bring the child over, but you guys are just literally, literally sitting there, you're doing your thing and a baby's doing his or her thing. Well, that's not as effective as what you're doing when you're with the child. So um, they're basically basically suggesting that if you spend 24 hours with the child, unengaged or disengaged with the child, that is like not being with the child as opposed to maybe even an hour of playing catch or engaging them in some capacity. Um, a new research phenomenon shows that being present as a father uh, at every uh, stage starts with the sperm actually. So this research has been done looking at preconception, like way beyond, you know, way before, excuse me, you know, the baby is actually even conceived and brought into this world. And as it turns out, um, moms, Men are more than just sperm donors, and that's why I said that, because according to the research, not only do you get the obvious genetic info from the sperm and from the dad, but what the dad does and who the dad is could predispose kids to more than um, than what we ever realized or more than what research has ever presented before. In other words, a father's vices may impact their sperm. So the research article goes on to say that 
Like if you have, if you're high strung and you're stressful, then you can predispose your child to this. Or if you, um, you know, drink, then you could predispose your child to being an alcoholic. So all of these behavioral things are now being looked at as being able to impact your child and not just necessarily the genetic code that we normally see in presentation when we talk about sperm. Um, A lot of social behavior, emotional benefits are linked to having a dad in the picture early in childhood. Fathers are better at teaching certain skills because they are less protective, less overprotective. Excuse me. Hold on. I'm sorry. Let me make sure I say that right. I'm going to say that again because I do not want comments saying I'm a dad and I'm as protective of my child as the mother is or more protective. That's not what I'm saying. So let me start over with that statement. Fathers are better at teaching certain skills because they are less overprotective than moms. And I think that we all can agree with that. I know in my own house, um, you know, my son He is uh, all over the place. He likes to climb and I am like a nervous wreck because I'm just not used to this. Now, my bonus son, you know, obviously he's a boy. I said my bonus son. Um, I wasn't there in his early childhood stages. And so I was not there or around to see the functionality of a boy per se at that stage or at this stage. My son is one. And so my husband is just like, it's okay. He's all boy. He's all boy. And I'm like nervous because my daughter is 14 and she was just a little lady the entire time. So outside of wanting to flip and tumble and do those types of things. She's very athletic, but she didn't do the things that my son is now doing. And it just makes me nervous. So I would agree with that statement. Um, And then it goes on to say that both sons and daughters need their fathers, but for different reasons. And so again, I'll put the article in, um, in the link so that you'll be able to read it. Um, And they just go on to say, because I know society likes to believe that you know, at a certain age, boys need their fathers. Well, it's also true that girls need their fathers. I grew up in a household where my father was not present. And I can see and I know firsthand how that impacted my decisions when I was dating. Um, I'm sure it had effects on the way I saw myself um, and the way I saw relationships and things like that. I had to kind of learn as I went along because I didn't have an in-home example of that. Um, And so, The research that they present is very thought provoking and it just talks about um, how we need to be more open to the idea that men are important um, even at the toddler stages. No, they may not remember when they're older that you were there and that you were present every day or, you know, obviously your situation may be different, but it does make an impact on them, especially in the toddler years. Um, And something else that was very interesting in the article was that um, it talks about how, what lesson the child is learning from the father. So the article ends by asking a very valid question. And it goes on to say, um, what are my children learning about life, morality, about how to treat others, relationships from observing me? And so I thought that was a really good question to ask because um, oftentimes, you know, fathers, just depending upon who you're talking to, they take a lot of slack. Either they are... (laughs) fathers who are very engaged, very active in the child's life, or then you get the other extreme where they are, you know, not there in the picture at all. Either way, the research is suggesting that you are sitting and teaching a lesson to your child. You are teaching them about what it is to be a man, what it is to have a relationship. Um, And so it even has some indication or implications that Fathers have a direct correlation when it comes to daughters specifically, whether or not they'll be, you know, sexually active at a young age or 
um, all types of other things. And so the article really is really great about seeing how everything plays together when you talk about paternal influence of a child. Additionally, I just wanted to add that talking about the value of fathers doesn't diminish the crucial role of mothers. I know oftentimes when we like to when we start having conversations about fathers or paternal instincts or paternal rights, then some women and moms start to cringe or feel like, well, you know, where does that leave me? Or they feel some type of way for whatever reasons and their feelings may absolutely be valid. So that's not what I'm insinuating. I'm simply saying that Everyone's situation is different and not all dads and fathers are deadbeats, as we like to say, or just sperm donors or absent or, you know, quote unquote, bad fathers. That's just not the situation. And so I just wanted to have this conversation because I think it's important to not only acknowledge that some men are really great at parenting, but also to acknowledge that this this stuff is backed up by research. So if we want to believe what the hype is saying, then we can believe that, but we can also look at research and see how it affects our child um, on an individual basis. I see this oftentimes around, um, particularly around Father's Day. Like I have never seen so many people and it's becoming like this new phenomenon, if you will, where women are celebrating Father's Day. Now, for me personally, I don't agree with that. I don't understand how a woman is ever able to celebrate Father's Day and celebrate themselves during Father's Day. If you're not celebrating a father, father figure, then okay, that's fine. You don't necessarily have to celebrate Father's Day, but you don't have to be all bah humbug about it either because guess what? There are some really great fathers and believe it or not, you could not have made that child that you love so dearly by yourself. And so um, I just totally don't agree with you know, buying yourself cards or accepting text messages. Like I won't even accept a text message when people uh, will text me, you know, happy Father's Day. What are you saying? My Mother's Day is in May. And I'm saying that because I have been a single parent before for 10 plus years. Um, I was married and divorced and then a single mom. And then now I'm remarried into a blended family. And I've never once celebrated Father's Day. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me because I'm a mom. I've been given maternal instincts and maternal capabilities, and I could never feel the role of my children's fathers in their life. And so, believe it or not, and I think you would agree with me here if we don't agree anywhere else, that you most parents would agree that raising children is a two-person job. Like, if you have someone in a home that's willing to help you um, raise a child, or even if they're not in a home and they're willing to step up and do whatever is necessary to create an ideal co-parenting situation for you, and then I think that's absolutely awesome. Like who would not want help raising children, especially these days, because it is very challenging. My oldest child is 14 and now I have a one year old. And let me just say it is a total different time and day when I have to think about raising them, um, especially in with everything that's going on in society and the world today is just it's totally different. Um, and so um, in another article that I read, a pediatric psychologist states that there is no substitute for a father's presence. And so we can try to fill those voids with video games and with uh, athletics and with all those things. And I'm not saying that anything is wrong with any of those items, but your motive in introducing those things or having your child be involved in those activities should not be to replace dad because it just doesn't work. Um, studies show that the risk of juvenile delinquency, substance abuse, sexual abuse, early pregnancy, and dropping out of high school is six times higher for children whose biological fathers are not part of their lives. And so when I read that statistic, I was like, wow, yet another statistic that I fall into 
um, I guess in the gap with or or that is applicable to me because um, though I did not drop out of high school, um, it was very close for me to graduate on time. I wouldn't say that I was a juvenile delinquent um, and I, that I experienced anything substance abuse, but um, I did experience some sexual abuse when I was younger and I did have some early pregnancies when I was younger, all those topics to come up later. And so, and guess what? My biological father was not in my life. Um, I met him when I was, I think, in like third grade. And I remember seeing pictures and things like that of him, but I've never had a relationship with him. Um, I did know his family and things like that. And so I've been on this self-discovery lately to try to locate family, you know, from my father's uh, background as well as my biological mother's background. Because, you know, family is just important and you only get one. And so even to better understand myself, I want to know who my family is. And so having said that, I can attest to how challenging it was for me to grow up without a paternal figure that was there. Now, at the time, I didn't realize the impact that it was making on me. But when I look back and I looked at other family members and close friends who had, you know, the ideal, what I thought was the ideal situation where two parents were in the home, I can see the things that I experienced. They necessarily didn't experience because they had someone always over, you know, watching them and, you know, caring for them and providing assurance and affirming them in ways that only a paternal parent can. And moms, we're really good at affirming our children. I think we, you know, have them growing up with the big head, so to speak. Um, Sometimes they're overconfident because we love on them and we affirm them to no end. But there is nothing like a father affirming, for example, a daughter, and she understands how to then go into relationships with men and how to then um, respect herself and see firsthand how a woman should be treated and all these things that you learn vicariously as a child from watching your parents interact. Even if they're not together or in the same household, you see the example, the respect that's shown to, for example, if you guys are meeting up for co-parenting and you're doing the drop-offs and you see that they're still engaged, they're still friendly, they're still polite, um, you know, it's possible. And so there is nothing, there is no substitute for that as the psychologist reports in the article. And then I also want to point out that young children may look at the absence of their father as a personal rejection, like as personal, like, you know, little, little Johnny has his mom and dad. So why don't why doesn't my father want me? You know, I've had situations where, you know, I've been with students, I'm a former educator. And so I've actually had an experience where a child felt like that. His, his dad just didn't want him. That's why he left. And the poor baby really thought that dad was not in the picture because of him. And it absolutely had nothing to do with him. It was because of, you know, the adult situation and it started to impact the child and dad left. Um, And so the other thing that research was suggesting is that the dad's presence is critical during adolescence years. And so we all know what happens in adolescence. You have these undeveloped uh, adults and overgrown children, as I like to say, and they're stuck. They are trying to find themselves. They are trying to identify who they are. They are trying to self-affirm and become more uh, 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 self-efficient in all types of ways. And they are heavily influenced during the stage. And so research indicates that dad's presence is absolutely critical and he can actually deter some of the behavior that most adolescents experience in um, young adolescents all the way through um, adulthood.
And so I just wanted to have this conversation and I'm going to go ahead and move right on to my favorite segment of the show, which is on the record with Des, where I leave you with a solution for life. So here we go. Clearly, both male and females are essential to the creation of a baby. We know that, right? So we need an egg and we need sperm in order to create. Therefore, we should be careful how we minimize the need of one parent over the other. Having said that, moms, let's embrace fathers who are trying to be present and active. And fathers, let's remember that what you do even before conception, according to research, can have a positive and negative effect on your child. So it could be positive or negative. And there's also research in the article that talks about what happens when dad leaves, like, you know, midstream. So again, I'll put the link so that you can read it and get a full understanding of all the research that I read. So I ask you this, fathers, what are you teaching your child directly or indirectly? Yeah, I know that's a heavy load of questions. And moms, you can answer this question too. But I love to get your feedback on this topic. So please leave me a comment below or inbox me. Let's chat on Facebook or social media because I am curious to know what you think about what research is saying as opposed to what you've experienced in your personal life. This has been another Des. 360 Wisdom and Wit for Women. And I thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow me on all social media outlets at Dez360. And it's spelled out D-E-Z-T-H-R-E-E-S-I-X-T-Y. And stay current by visiting my website, www.dez360.com. I hope you have an amazing week. Talk soon.